we'll go to the Mishnah here. <coughs> the end of Masech Tainus, which tells us what happened on Shabbos uh, Tammuz, and then we'll see what uh, we could last uh, fleeting moments here of Shabbos Tammuz. But at the same time, this is the beginning of the Bein Hamitzarim. Shabbos Tammuz is Askala. It's three weeks of um, laning Paranus three weeks of Avelus, and although it's the end of Shivasavitamus, it's the beginning of this period, and the lessons that we could glean from Shivasavitamus could help us perhaps put into perspective how we view the rest of the Yemeya Mitzarim. So the Mishnah tells us, as we all know, the famous Mishnah, Paragdala Mishnabob, Chamisha Dvorim Iru is Avisainu Bishivasavitamus. Five things happened to our forefathers on Shivasavitamus. And what were they? The first thing is Nishtabru Haluchas. The Luchas were broken. So we all know that Mashabainu went up after Matantaira to get the Luchas, Mishainais. We all know the story with the Egel. And he came down, it was Shivasar Batamas, he came down and he broke the Luchas. Incidentally, he also destroyed the Egel on Shivasar Batamas. Some of the Mepharshim point that out. That not only was it a day that we lost the Luchas, but there was this day that he was mevair that ra he obliterated that ra of the egel from our midst. So nishtabru haluchais. So he broke the luchais. Now <coughs> the luchais were something that the haluchais ma'ase lekim heima. Moshe Rabbeinu brought them down from Shemayim. They were carved. They were created by the rabbi Nishalaylam, and. What came along with the Luchais was secrets of Tyra, his scholars about Tyra, all different types of milas that we had. Charus Luchais, we were going to be free from the Malachamaves, we were going to be free from Galus. A lot of things, when the Luchais were broken, we lost that all. We lost all of it. Now, we gained back a little bit with the Luchais Shniyas. We got a Luchais back. Not exactly the same Madrega, perhaps according to some of Arshim, they even look differently. Um, we did not get back the Tyra. We did not get back that is Galus Batyra that came along with the Luchas Rishainas. The Gron in Chavakut talks about lost love. When Mashiach is going to come, we're going to get back that is Galus Batyra. We still we're we're uh, slaves to the Malachamavis. We're in Galus. We didn't get back all the Milas. The Lucas were something, but according to some of Farshim, they weren't even on the same creation. Psalacha we laying today. Moshe Rabbeinu had to carve out the Luchais. Then Hashem wrote on them. But the first Luchais, that was a present from Hashem that came straight down from Shemaim that was Ruchnius. And we lost it. We lost it, and we lost many of the Milas that came along with it, never to be replaced, even though we did Tshuva, and we got Salachti with Yaim HaKippurim, etc., etc., and we got back many things that we lost, but not everything. So, Nishtabru Haluchais. The second thing the Mishnah tells us is Batal HaTamid. The carbon Tamid stopped being brought. Now, the Teferis Yisrael here says, and this Mishnah, that um, when they lay siege to Yishalayim, so then, at this point on uh, Shivasar Batamuz, so it was very hard to find sheep, obviously if there's a siege, things aren't going in and out, so they only had a certain amount of livestock of, uh, in, 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 in stock, so to speak, and um, they, um, they ran out on this day. That's the first chat. 
Um, the Rashi Masech Tatayna says Shlubisha Gazra Hamalchus Gzeira Milahakrivoy. It was a special Gzeira. It wasn't that they ran out of it. There was a Gzeira. They weren't allowed to bring the carbon Hatamid anymore. So Tuk shot him over here. Now this was talking about Pashas in the first Beis Hamikdash. The very Israel says because in the second Beis Hamikdash the siege was much shorter. Mashen came the in the first Beis Hamikdash the siege siege of Yerushalayim by Nebuchadnezzar was three years, and it makes sense that as much as they had after three years they ran out. So that's Botel Hatamim. The third thing, and perhaps the thing that really made it that we fast because of this, is Hufka Ha'ir. The city of Yerushalayim was breached after the siege of three years, which began three years prior on Atzor of Betavis. Shivasa Betamus came along, and they breached the city. Now, um, the Gemara asks a question here, because there's another passage that says that it was on the 9th of Tammuz. And here we're saying it was on the 17th of Tammuz. So the Gemara says it depends which base Amigdash we're talking about. We, I'm sorry, the Gemara says that. Um, right, the Gemara says yes. Yeah, so which base Amigdash? Kambri Shaina Kambishniya. In the first base Amigdash it was Tef. Second base Amigdash with Shivasa Batam was, was the breach into the city of Yerushalayim. The Khurban and both Batam Amigdashas was Tishabah. That's the Gemara's terms. So why do we fast Shavasa B'Tamuz? Because we go with the second Beit HaMikdash either because that's the one Gullus we're actually in um, could be there's more Tsaris because of the second Beit HaMikdash some of the Mepharshim say um, and it wasn't possible for Chazal to be Geyser Tess and Yudzayin because it's too close to each other Klaisal can't um, have two days of Avelu so close to each other so we incorporate it all into Shavasa B'Tamuz so you're saying, okay, that's not so much. Time. It's like Gazali and Kippur. Same thing. But they're one, they had no true choice. One's been Atayra. The other one, they had to enact it with that day. But they can hear they're going to put in two, so they put them all together. So, um, what? It was the next day, actually, yes. So, so we incorporated all into Shavuot. But Tamil, and you look in if you paid attention, or you could still pay attention to the Slicha from this morning, it talks about that, uh, both of them actually. So now, there's actually other Mepharshim, there's Yerushalmi that says a little different. The Yerushalmi says that there was a mess up in the Cheshvan, meaning even the first base Amigdash was on Shavuot and Tammuz, but the Nevuah that was told to your Yohan Navi was in Bavel, and in Bavel the Cheshvan got messed up, they thought it was, they thought it was Tess, it was really Shavuot, I saw one of the Mepharshim wants to say there's a difference between if you go with the lunar calendar or the solar calendar, and we go with the lunar with Shavuot, but there was a Gzeir at that time from the Goyim that were not allowed to follow the lunar calendar, so when they made their cheshbonus according to the solar calendar, they thought it was tests. But really it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was off. And therefore, and he makes the cheshbon how, usually it's 11 days off, he makes the cheshbon how it ends up like that. He makes the one of the Mepharshim want to say like that, as opposed to saying Sam, they just lost cheshbon as if it got lost in the mail. And they, they talking about a Nebuah here. Yemiel says the Nebuah came to me on this day. So he wants to say that perhaps there was actual um, a cheshbon to it. So, Hufka, here, the wall, the wall of Yerushalayim was breached, which is the beginning of the Korban. I think the Kleyokar on, on Novi actually says that the actual first break into the wall was on the 9th of Tammuz, but you make a little break into the wall, you can't get troops in there. The troops finally were able to get in on Shavuot. They finally broke through the wall to get a little bit of space in on the 9th, but it took another 8 days till Shavuot and Tammuz till the hole was big enough that they were able to let in the troops. The Kliyakar, not the Kliyakar on Chumash, the Kliyakar on Navi, I think, says, says that shot. So that is the third thing, Hufkoi, here, Yerushalayim was breached.
The fourth thing, Bisaraf Apaistimis is Atayra. Apaistimis Arasha, he was a general, and he burnt the Tyra. Which Tyra did he burn? So this Tukshatim, the very selfless Tukshatim, he says either, the second shot I'll say first, every Sefer Tyra that he found, he burnt. So that's already, you know, the, the beginning of Galus for Kalah Yisrael, that we suffered so much through burning of Sefer Tyra and through Svarim. And uh, he was one of the uh, Yivani, Yivani um, sorry, one of the Yivani uh, officers. Um, <coughs> so that's the second base the second base um, Others say that it was actually the Sefer Tyrus Shekas of Ezra, which is Mokrachal to the second base Amigdash. Ezra Asayfer had written the Sefer Tyra. And that was like the Makar of all Sifre Taira. They took that Sifre Taira and they went to all the other Sifre Taira to check it against that to see if the Sifre Taira throughout Kalah Yisrael were actually the proper Messiah. And that Sifre Taira was in the Azara of the Beis Hamigdash. That was the Spit Sifre Taira. And he, Apaistimus Arosha, took the Sifre Taira and he burnt the Taira. And the fifth thing is Vehemet Salem Beheichel. A Salem was put up, a Vezorah was put up in the Heichel. And there's a Machlaikas here also. What are we referring to? So, um, so Rashi says it was Menashe. Menashe was one of the Malchai Yisrael. And he put a Salem in the Heichel. And Chazal tells us that when he did that, the Shechina actually left the Beis Hamigdash at that point. And um, so that's obviously a very big tzara. And others would say that it was um, the the Apaistimus or the Goyim that at the time who had done it. Again, the Mesa Nafkamina, the first Mesa Migdash, or the second Mesa Migdash as well. And even, um, the, I didn't mention this, but the case of Batwa um, Hatamin earlier, it's also a Machlaikis if it's the second Mesa. The Rambam says the Ferish Barishain. And Mishabura, uh, and, uh, when they bring down, they bring it down the Rambam's Lashon. But others say, I'll be a different story. That it happened in the second base Amigdush, and could be it happened in both. So these are the five tzaras that happened here on Shivasar Batamas. Now, there was there's a story that I say over many times. In fact, someone who told me today they were listening to old shiurim of mine and Shivasar Batamas, and the first one got stuck on them or something. It didn't work well. They went to the second one and said he said the same story in that one, and it was different years. And I said I'm going to say it again tonight. So, the story, to understand, to put into perspective a little bit, these five tsaris. I once heard from Ramay Shemars Pashilzinger, the final Racha, he was saying in a hespid, and the Biskorov had a son named Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim was Nebuchadnezzar, after the war he cracked up a little bit, he wasn't 100%. And um, he was a guy before the war, and then he couldn't, he couldn't handle what happened to his family and to Klai Yisrael. So, um... There's many in the Yeshivish world, many, uh, so to speak, Milsa de Vilichusa that used to say, types of jokes and learning that he used to say. But Vaisakhais, I heard from Rashi Mosha Shosun, there are many different tyra. And this Hespit, he said over many different tyra from him. And he said like this, he said his uncle, um, Rashi Mosha Shosun, had an uncle, Rav Elvo Chechik, who was a Talmud Mubaka the Riskarov, well known in Yishalayim. And um, he, he said over that he was once standing in the Kramaisha Shul the night of Shivasa Batamus, and this Rav Chaim Salavechik walked in. And he said, Reb Zayv, tell me, what does Shivasar B'tamuz mean? What does it mean? How, what are you supposed to get out of Shivasar B'tamuz? So he answered his own question. And he listed off the five things that happened that we just mentioned on Shivasar B'tamuz. 
And he says, if you think about it, what makes up a people and what makes up a nation, and especially a Klal Yisrael? If you look around, so you can start off with the Luchas. That was the beginning of our entire existence. We were Makabal the Torah, and now we're getting the Luch. We didn't even we were Makabal the Torah on Shavuos. We said Nasev and Ishma. We didn't have a Torah. We didn't have anything. We didn't have the Luchas even. So it's Hadibrais and whatever came along with that Klalim. But it wasn't Mashabenu went up to learn Torah, and he comes down with the Luchas. Chazal tell us like a Kala, right? Klaiso, Vayneshalam Chotzen and Kala, and here's the Kedushin, and we lose it. Finished. Our, our very beginning of our existence, our glorious existence, we're done. Okay, so maybe we can live with that. Then we move on. So we finally come to Israel, and we have a capital city called Yerushalayim. Hufkair. We don't have a city. We're still fighting over who the city belongs to. Hufkair, it's gone. Okay, we have a base on Migdash, and we serve Hashem in this base on Migdash. With the Shechina there. No. There's no Avayit on the Beis HaMikdash. We can't even serve the Rabbi Shalom. The Beis HaMikdash itself, there's a Talim there. What kind of building? The Beis HaMikdash didn't have Kedusha. The Shechina was there. There's no Shechina. There's no Shechina. Finish. Talim, there's no Shechina. So we don't have Luchais. We don't have a city. We don't have a Beis HaMikdash to go to with the Shechina. We don't even have an Avayit in the Beis HaMikdash. So what do we have left? We have the Taira. Sarafa Paisam is Harasha Zatayra. We have nothing left. What's left to a Klaisa? What's left to a people? What makes up a people? This is what would make up a people. And this happens to a Klaisrael. There should be nothing left of Klaisrael. We should be studying ancient history. How can we survive? And yet, in his Lashon, what I'll say in his Lashon, what does a Yid do? What does a Jew do? The morning of Shivasar Bitamas and the next day, Yurches Bitamas, he gets up in the morning and he washes Nagavasar and he says, Birchasatira, and he starts learning and he's diving to the Rabbi Nishalaylam. He goes on and Christ shall exists. Because Shivasar Bitamas represents the Nitzchias of Kla Yisrael. If Kla Yisrael would be tied to this physical world, if we would be dependent on everything that goes on in this physical world, you're right. You took away all the physical things from us. We don't have Luchais, we don't have a city, we don't have a Avaida, we don't have a Beit HaMikdash, and we don't even have the Tyra. And maybe if it's Ezra's Tyra, we don't even have the Tyra. He burnt it. We should be finished. You could burn our Tyra, and you could take away our Beit HaMikdash, and you could take away our Yerushalayim. The Torah doesn't get destroyed. Kalah Yisrael doesn't get destroyed. Aravayda doesn't get destroyed. Okay, it transfers into Tefillah now. Tyra remains Tyra. Kalah Yisrael remains Emun and the Rabbi We're still Davuk to the Rabbi Nishalayim. We don't have a Luka to take it all away from us. We're still here and we're still doing everything we need to do. Why? Because we're not physical. We are above the physical. We're Nitzchi. We're eternal. And he said such a beautiful verse, and it's this, I love this verse. He says, and he said, only a foolish guy could think that you could burn the Tyra. Only a foolish guy could think, you burn the Tyra, there's no Tyra anymore. You know what happened when he burned the Tyra? Rabbeinu HaKadosh Rebbe wrote the Mishnayis. And what did he write in the Mishnah? V'saraf apostemis es ha-Tyra. And if a person reads those four words, he's Mikhaim 
four mitzvahs of Tyra, because every word the Gra says, every word of Tyra is a mitzvah. So when you read the word Vitsarav, Apaistimis, some have a girsa harasha, Esatira, those four or five words, you were just Mikhaim four or five mitzvahs of Tyra. And if you read it twenty times, you just Mikhaim a hundred mitzvahs of Tyra. From his burning of the Tyra, we created more Tyra. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. You burn Tyra, you create Tyra. That's Kaisra. That's Nitzchis. That's eternity. Because it doesn't make sense. Sense is all in the physical world. We're above the physical world. We're Nitzchi. And this is Kaisra through the Gullus. Every time we went through every place and they persecuted us and they tried to destroy us. Not only were we not destroyed, but we go to the next place and Tyra flourishes even more. The more they persecute us, the more the Tyra. Bachashar Yanu, Doesn't make sense. Why? Because it's not sense. There's no sense here. This is Nitzchiyas. This is Kaiso being eternal. This is Kaiso being Ruchni. And therefore, when we look at a Shivatsu Betamus and we reflect on what happened today, and we're in this Abel, yes, it's a day of Avelus, it's a day of Tainus, because of course these were Milus. These all are pearls in our crown. Because when we have a Beis HaMikdush, it adds to our Nitzchiyas. When we have a Tyra, it adds to our Nitzchiyas. But at the end of the day, default, we're still here. So we mourn what we lost, and we reflect how we, in fact, the only thing that makes sense after you read this Mishnah is that you should be someone from the British Museum studying hieroglyphics that there was once a Klai Yisrael look what happened to them and especially if you continue to the five things that happened to Shabbat that should be the end of it and yet we learn it and it's Tyra why? because we have to remember that whatever happens to us we are still here we are Nitzchi we always have to remember that and we have to keep it's supposed to put focus now because the Bein HaMetzarim is a time of Avelis. What are we being misable about? What are we being misable about? We're being misable on the loss of, loss of all of the Milus Ruchanias that we had. That's what we're being misable. We're being misable on a Beis HaMikdash, on Yerushalayim, some Seifer and Achuva and Yeridea talks about Yerushalayim was Kaddish long ago. And Yerushalayim remains Kaddish. Yerushalayim is the Shara Shamayim. But of course, there's levels to Kedusha, just like there's levels to Shechina. The Beit HaMikdash now, you can't go on Harabais. The Shechina is there, like Zaza. But it can't bring Makir Karbanas either. There's levels to Shechina. There's levels to Izgalus HaShechina. And there's levels to Klai Yisrael as well. And of course, the greater Milus we have, those all add to our Ruchnias and add to our Nitzchias and we need to mourn that but it starts with the understanding that we're Ruchani because if you don't understand that if you think that we're supposed to make sense and you think we're here for the physical and we're tied to the physical okay so there was once the Beis HaMikdash now there's no Beis HaMikdash there was once Yishalayim now there's no Yishalayim again Vaisa what's the big deal? the Territ is no when you understand that we are eternal we are Nitzchi we are Ruchani so then we feel and we should feel and maybe we could try and feel that as Ruchani as we are, we were on much higher Madragas. And we lost those Madragas. And we have a lot of suffering because we lost to those Madragas. And all of this persecution that proves our Nitzchias is also a result of that Churban that came about to our Chatoim. As I'll tell us, the Gemara tells us in Brachas, Ramavinu said, that I if you offer vay for Klai Yisrael's nimshal offer. Offer you can't destroy, says Rash. You can't destroy offer. You could burn it, you'll singe it, it doesn't get destroyed. The, the Marshal over there says in Brachas, Anisha Mati, says a different parish. Ma offer. Just what happens to offer? Hakol de Allah. 
Everyone tramples on the offer. But the end, who's on top? When they bury the person, the offer's on top. He they rests and that's Kla Yisrael. Kla Yisrael, they rest, they rest, they trample on us, but they can't destroy us. They can't destroy us because offer can't be destroyed, and Nitzchi will never be destroyed. And we know that since we are this offer, we are going to trample on them. We're going to rise up because we are Nitzchi. Now I want to bring out one more Nakuda. And perhaps bring this a little bit more, everyone to give a little bit, you know, to think a little bit more personal. There's another thing that happened Shavasa Batamlas that the Midrashim bring down. In the times of Noyach, so according to the Seder Oilam, Noyach opened up the window to send out the Oirev on the tenth day of Tammuz, Seder Oilam says. The Oirev did not want to go. So he waited seven days, says the Pasuk, and he sent to Yaina the first time. Shivasa Batamuz, Yaina sent, Nayak sent to Yaina out. And didn't find anywhere, and he came back. He waited seven more days, sent it again. Then he came back, and then he waited again, he sent it, and he never came back. If you think for a moment, that means that Shavasa Batamuz was the sending out of that Yaina and the return with nowhere to land. Now if you think about Nayak at that time, and remember Rabbi Zechayin Levrach used to talk about this in the different Vartara we once said over about this in the Alezai, uh, Tarav Afiyah. It says, Nayak here, who was Nayak? Nayak was a person for 120 years predicted this model. 120 years, he built this teva and he predicted the mabel. Did anyone listen to him? No. If you look in the Medrash, every morning there are people screaming outside his house, Saba Shacha, you old fool, they made Afghanis against him. He had a very, very hard life, Naya. And he went right there. And he was right. The mabel came. And he was vindicated. After 120 years, he was right. But there was no one really there to him to say, I told you so, right? So what did he even get any nachas out of saying he was right? The world destroyed. He stuck in this teva with all the animals of the world, working as hard as they did, as we all know. And finally it stops raining, and he stops floating, and he goes on, and he lands on the Hare Ararat, and the water is receding, and he realizes this. Just because the water is receding, and just because it stopped raining, doesn't mean there's a world left. That's so not necessarily going to happen. We see Rabbi Nisham Badafka had to put everything back and close up the time, etc. It wasn't an automatic. Just because it stopped raining, the world was flooded. So maybe the water will recede a little bit. He's still going to have marshland everywhere. There's nowhere. So Nayak is sitting here. He doesn't know what the future is going to bring. Finally, the Rabbi Nisham lets him open up the door to go and look out what's going on. He looks out, and he sees water. And he sees the endless water. You read these stories about these people who are shipwrecked in the tsunami and they look out there's miles of water it's endless and he sends Zayev Zayev Vilnishkein Zayev doesn't want to go fine he's finally going to send the Yaina this is it this is the day can you imagine the anticipation of, of, of Nayak and that day when he's sending the Yaina he's going to find out today is there a future or is there no future this is it he sends the Yaina and the Yaina comes back and Shavasar Batamas nothing I have nothing for you I don't have a place I don't have a leaf I have zero can you imagine the despair of Nayach on that day? Can you imagine the depression where he said, it's, it's finished. I mean, uh, it's, it, it hasn't been raining. What? There's nothing to do over here. And yet, although this may have been Nayach's darkest day, did he give up? No. He says, you know what? 
just because today wasn't such a good day. Let's see what happens. And he waits another seven days, and the Geula was right around the corner. Seven days later, that Zayas represented the rebuilding of the world. And that's why my Rebbe said, that's why. The Medrash says in Emor that the Zayis was Zaycheh to be in the Menorah to give art to the world. Because it gave art to the world in the times of Nayak. Because when Nayak was in that situation of gloom, so to speak, and Chazal tells us that when a person is Bitsar, the Rabbi is Bitsar, the entire world was gloomy. And this leaf, this Alei Zayis, represented the rebuilding and the hope of the new world. It brought a Simcha to Nayak and a Simcha to the entire world. It brought art to the world. It was like to be the R in the Menorah. So, and then seven days later, not only did it bring something, it did it bring something back like it did before, now it never came back. It found a place, and this was the new world. Shivatsar B'Tamuz was this day of despair that Nayak sent, and it came back to Yaina, and there's nothing here. Yet, just like when we look at the Mishnah, we're not allowed to despair because there's never hopeless situations because we are never hopeless. Nitzchi. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to make sense. We don't make sense. That's the facts. That's the Hanukkah. We don't make sense. We're Nitzchiyah. That's what Shabbat the Bithamas teaches us. It teaches us that when you, that Yaina comes back and says it's hopeless, you say to the Yaina, there's no such thing as hopeless. The Ka'ul is going to be around the corner. Whether it's around the corner seven days in the days of Nayah or it's 2,000 years later around the corner like we're waiting for it. But the ghoul is going to come. The ghoul is going to come for Klai Yisrael. The ghoul is going to come for Nayah. And that's the lesson that we have to learn. Every person in our own private lives in our own situations have to remember things don't make sense. We don't live with sense. We live with Nitzchias. We live with Ruchnias. Things look bad. Things look hopeless. You say a capital tell him. You do a Mechazek in a Mitzvah. The ghoul is around the corner. Is around the corner tomorrow, seven days, or two thousand years. I don't know. But that's not the issue. The issue is that it's never hopeless. And the Yid can never give up hope. Because we, Kala Yitzel, are eternal. And if we take this lesson here, not only of the five things, not only of the five things that happened to us at but included in the lesson of Nayach as well, and look now towards the rebuilding of Yerushalayim, understanding what we lost, trying to get it back, because Yerushalayim, Bezaz Hashem, is going to be rebuilt. We're going to build Yerushalayim, the hope and the gula is just around the corner.